0: Live from the Figus Studios. Yes, that's right, kids. It's the Weekend Geek Update, and it is good to be back. Oy. It's been a long, treacherous, con-filled road, and here we are back in the studio again after adventures across the country in my own backyard and, well, just actually just down the hall. Uh, Smurf here, and ready to delight you, give you some insights and just kind of see what's going on. We are sponsored by none other than Suzy Q's, who I've been on the road with, hit many a con. We will dive into those stories uh, throughout the next couple of podcasts as uh, we get caught back up with... Recent events, current events, past events, 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 and Mythica, our other sponsor um, from Action Line Studios, Mr. Matt Campbell. Both you can have uh, a visit to their website, com or actionstudios.com. Get some presents for people because the holiday season is almost upon us. Halloween is a couple weeks away, and I've already seen Christmas decorations in Lowe's. It's really weird at least wait till halloween is done guys come on work with me here um our proud sponsors are willing to help you in any kind of gift giving situation and if you go to action line studios.com and enter in the code 5280 you will receive a discount so head on over there see what's going on with mr matt campbell and suzy q's is restocked after our Gallivanting across the country so there you have it what would you like to talk about first there is so many things going on that i'm i'm at a loss and i've got two things like that are sitting on my plate and i'm ready to go into we've got gotham knights which has landed and looks absolutely uh Awesome! I've had some amazing feedback from my brother on gameplay. What's it look like? Uh, there is a huge kind of Arkham Asylum type of uh, feel to it, and I'm I'm excited to dive into it. I'm really. Anxious to play Nightwing, uh, even Robin. I'm kind of, you know, even even more on board for each character has its own power base and different skill sets and all of that. So I'm looking forward to see how they interact. Red Hood. I'm kind of like, eh, I don't I don't really care. Jason Todd should be dead. I voted. I did. He 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 got what he had coming for him. <laughs> The other game is Ghostbusters: Spirits Unleashed, which is on all platforms, and actually is uh, of uh, you're able to cross promote, cross promote, Jesus. Think like I've I've done this for the first time in ever. Uh, <laughs> you can play it on multiple platforms together. So if you're playing on PS5 or Xbox, PC, whatever it is, it does cross-platform. So you'll be able to play with just about anyone everywhere. You're not limited at all. The one downside to this. What I didn't see kind of coming is I thought it'd be available on Game Pass. Uh, Regrettably, neither game is available on Game Pass. And Overwatch 2, which is available on Game Pass, is very limited in your options. uh, And uh, you're going to end up spending a buttload of money on that game. So uh, good luck with that. I hope in the next couple of weeks it's a little kinder to me that I'll be able to sit down and play a little bit. But I was a little more... Uh, hard pressed to get caught up with shows what's going on and just kind of get you guys caught up this is also a chance for me to tell you stories that kind of caught my eye uh, one of the big stories actually that came out uh, just before going on today was the uh, the film actually it's not the film the series star wars jedi tales premieres tomorrow on Disney Plus. And this has been kind of shrouded in mystery. We don't know what what the premise is or what's kind of going on with the story. And and we're 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 kind of in the dark. And usually in these animated series the last one the Bad Batch which I I'm a huge fan of, I'm excited to see season 2 return. I liked the clone troopers and all that. So when they announced the uh, the series It left a lot of interesting questions floating in my mind as far as where Tales of the Jedi, since it is a title off of a comic series, that it predates all of the existing knowledge that we have of the Jedis, the Sith, the Empire, all of it. It's like generations ahead of what actually has happened in the galaxy. So that's where I thought they were going to go with this. But it looks like they're going in an entirely different direction. So we can kind of narrow down where we're going to be sort of in the timeline as we get the announcement of who will be voicing Yaddle, 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 Yaddle from... We, well, we actually saw her in Phantom Menace. She didn't say anything, but she was part of the Jedi Council. So it's been interesting to see you know, the rumors and everything about this character because a lot of what we have for this character is based on novels and some comics, and there's a huge connection between um, Anakin and Yaddle in the books. And, and I'm curious if we'll even touch on that. But Yaddle is going to be voiced by Bryce Dallas Howard, who you may know or remember from Jurassic Park and is the daughter of, you know, legend Ron Howard or granddaughter. I forget, but she's related to Ron Howard. Um, I I don't know family trees. Sorry, I didn't stop to like look. I just know who she's related to. Um, The more pressing thing on this is just how this is going to fit into um, the story, what do we get? Where is this going? And Yaddle, who we don't, and then she disappears between Phantom Menace and the Clone Wars. So we get, we know what happens in the books, and I don't want to, no spoilers, I promise. But it raises a very interesting question if that is the story that we're going to get and how all of this links together with, yes, a possible. Grogu story I mean it's I know it's low Hanging fruit and a lot of a lot of Star Wars fans are thinking that this is Where this is particularly going to go but In the fast in the past Filoni has always Thrown us some very interesting Perspectives some interesting curves Especially with what he's done with uh, Rebels some stuff that we never thought We would see Grad Admiral Thrawn and Ezra and all of that now coming back what will we see out of this? this is a very good question. We won't have long to ma- wait since uh, this will premiere tomorrow, actually. Wednesday, October 26th, uh, it will be on Disney+. Plus. So a lot of Star Wars and a lot of Marvel hitting Disney+. And I can't I, – I, the last few episodes of Andor, I'm not caught up yet. So I don't want to talk about Andor just yet. And I kind of want Susie here for that since, you know, everyone was <laughs> everyone was talking about to us at New York and, and a couple of other the cons that we've done uh, about the podcast. Yes, people across the country do listen to me, to us. And we're just, you know, happy that we get to share our, our insights. But it's funny because everyone is just like, you guys just love to argue about Star Wars. And we do have a good back and forth about that. So... I don't I don't want to cheapen any kind of moment that her and I may have for Star Wars. And I think I need to catch up. I'm not sure where she's at with Andor anyway. So I think actually I know. This is probably one of the most intricate and very impressive stories from the standpoint of Disney Plus so far. I liked Kenobi. I like I I really did. Don't get me wrong, and the friction between Obi-Wan and Vader is is just so great and it's a short time but the distance that Kenobi's character goes from mild and meek to the Obi-Wan we know and that we remember and that we want to see is relatively quick just because it's it's a necessity it has to happen so we get it kind of like in a crash course that aside Andor is an entirely different story and it's really building on a lot of the, the just how in, in, ingrained and entrenched the Empire has become in all of the galaxy and all these different worlds and just pillaging and just destroying freedoms because right now they are up to I think episode 6 and I'm halfway through episode 5 and it is so masterfully woven a story with all of these conflicting characters and views and uh, everyone just trying to be sneaky, the subterfuge. The uh, it's, it, is, it is probably one of my favorite series for Star Wars on streaming so far. Yes, I know that beats out Bad Batch and it unfortunately beats out Kenobi for me at the moment. And that can change since I do need to revisit Kenobi and just watch it straight through without interruption and just really like go into a Star Wars coma if I have to but that said this really does feel like Rogue One and that is by far one of the superior films to come out of the the last few years of fanfic as Red refuse, re- refers to it for the Star Wars universe I don't know where this ends or how this ends or if we're even going to see a season two but it has brought up a lot of interesting questions and some very Poignant points of view for the Empire, and just overall, Andor is a hit for me. I really am digging it. When Susie gets here, we'll dive deeper for it. But by far, you guys need to be watching this. This is this is top shelf. So, also in the vein of Star Wars news, and then we will move along. I didn't get a chance to properly address this, and I know. There will be further conversations in regards to it, but Legend and uh, I think without without even going into his career, just just what the man means to the sci-fi community itself. James Earl Jones relinquishes his rights uh, as the voice of Darth Vader, and it's sad. It's I mean, at this point, I think they were just letting him voice it because let's face it, you can distort your voice to sound like Darth Vader, but. Do you sound like James Earl Jones? I mean, that's just it. Can you can you do? It's like Morgan Freeman or Samuel L. Jackson. Their 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 cadence, their voice, their personality just comes through in that in that in that voice. And Mufasa, you know, you just you just you can't you can't get away from the presence. And to see you know James Earl Jones bow out and say, "I'm I'm 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 out." Uh, it's it's sad as we start seeing more and more of the the legends hit the end of you know their careers they're retiring and they should they should they should get the opportunity to relax put their feet up on the table and say job well done so James Earl Jones as he you know <laughs> puts the lightsaber up on the mantle and and calls it done and it it, it makes me sad which makes me wonder because I know. Uh, Billy D Williams is another one who it's in his contract that there anytime is a Lando Calrissian role or a character that, that needs to be voiced. He's, he's doing it. So it makes me wonder how much longer till Billy D says, um, I'm out, you know, I, I can't do, I can't do Lando anymore and relinquishes his rights as, as well. So it's a sad day Well it was a sad day Because this was This is weeks ago And I know I'm I'm just You know Getting you guys Caught up to where I'm at Because I have no idea I don't even know What day it is Well I know it's Tuesday But I mean I don't know where I'm in like The week or the month Yeah <laughs> I'm a little <laughs> a Bit of a train wreck But you know James Will Jones it, We've spoken I know you don't Remember me But thank you so much You, you are You are a true True legend In every way Shape and form so it raises the question, what have I been watching? What did I get caught up on? And there's a few things. The one that I'm I just scratch my head about, I really do is She-Hulk. Um I don't know if this will be my final verdict, but it's close. I'm I'm going to watch it again for I don't know why. The final episode is quirky. It's interesting. There are some moments, no spoilers, I'll give everyone a chance to catch up, because I'm sure there are other people out there like me who are, you know, trying to get through all of the different shows that are currently out there. She all deserved better than this. I keep saying that, and I'm going to continue to say that, because she does. The um, shot at Kevin is hilarious, and I'm I'm of the mindset that... I kind of want to see more just to hope that they bring She-Hulk back around and and hopefully use her in the films. There's indications that they won't. Tatiana, I think, did a great Jennifer Walters and She-Hulk. Once you get past the choppy CGI, the comic is very reminiscent of breaking the fourth wall, doing what the comic and what Deadpool does better. Now, I, I I I like the interactions. I I like the the nods and the winks and the easter eggs and all of the other things that kind of went into the the stories, but um I I don't know. Like I said, I'm still on the fence and I do want to watch it again to see if they, you know, if I missed something. I think they missed a lot of opportunity is what I think they missed because Ouch, come on guys, again, She-Hulk deserved better than this, I do like Daredevil showing up, that did kind of, kind of please me, I'm not gonna lie, and I know, you know, he's from Hell's Kitchen, we're in LA, and I'm sure Daredevil's just on vacation, but the whole jumbled mm, train wreck of a final episode is still kind of sitting with me poorly, and maybe that'll change if I watch it again, but it's um, kind of my my final thought on that. Speaking of Deadpool, the big Wolverine surprise—not a really big surprise, honestly—but this may be a very interesting segue into X Men into the Marvel Universe. And there's a story floating out there as far as Rogue being the end for Ms. Marvel, which would be a very interesting uh, story because uh, Avengers Annual Ten. Uh, The first appearance of Rogue, she single-handedly takes out all of the Avengers, and it's all because she absorbed uh, Ms. Marvel's powers. So, maybe we'll see this, maybe we won't. I would love to see this whole thing happen. Uh, This needs to happen. If you're going to adopt adapt a comic book, Avengers Annual 10 needs to happen. Regrettably, all of the Avengers that are in that issue are gone now, but just to see that whole fight and and rogue take out captain marvel I think it'd be fun it'd be worth it anyway I digress dead 3 or dead daredevil deadpool 3 ready to come uh it's in the works we're going to we're going to see it we get Hugh Jackman uh back in the Wolverine suit we don't know which suit we don't know a whole lot of things but Leave it to these two now that they have joined forces to be the media wagon that Deadpool 2 was, and I have no doubts that it, we, we won't be wondering long what's going to happen. We're also going to get Domino back, uh, according to one of my sources. So I, I think we're on the right track. We'll see what Disney has to say about <laughs> how graphic Deadpool is going to be able to get, because that, mm, yikes. And, of course, the other show that I've been, you know, kind of catching up on, Lord of the Rings. And I don't know if I want to wait for Susie on this. And I haven't watched the final Game of Thrones yet for uh, the final uh, episode for the first season. So my initial reaction to Lord of the Rings, eh, not bad. Um, there are some liberties. There are some other thoughts, but... But Susie is far more um, knowledgeable in the Lord of the Rings area than I am, especially when it comes to um, the earlier stories that surround everything, the the solarium. So a lot of this series was based on that. Now, it's a very dry read. It's very boring. It's very Tolkien. But... Susie's completed it, and I—I I know, nerd card revulsion right now. I have not finished it. I got about halfway through, and I was bored to tears. Uh, so there are certain things that I'm aware of, certain things that I'm questioning, and um, things that it would, I think, need and benefit from a much more um, uh, finished reader. <laughs> so there you have it. Uh, my initial reaction. I'm again liking Lord of the Rings way better than Game of Thrones. So we'll we'll just we'll just leave it at that. In other announcements, and this happened uh, yesterday, I believe, or the day before, uh, Henry Cavill officially announces uh, his Superman's return uh, with a promise. Following the highly anticipated release of Black Adam, actor Henry Cavill officially announces his return as the DCEU's one and only Superman. Following a highly anticipated release of Black Adam and its reintroduction of the Man of Steel, actor Henry Cavill has officially announced his return. Return as Superman. So Cavill goes on to social media, shares an image of himself in the costume, and basically says, I'm back, bitches. A quote directly from Cavill stating, A very small taste of what's to come, my friends. The dawn of hope renewed. Thank you for your patience. It will be rewarded. Uh, In addition to the post, including a video in which the actor stated, I wanted to make it official that I am back as Superman. So, no rumors. No shade throwing. No this, that, or other. Or Snyder versus this or Snyder versus that. Henry Cavill right out says... I'm back, bitches, and to be honest with you, it's about fucking time. I mean, seriously, what, why, how long does it take to make a decision to give this man what is rightfully his? He's by far the most qualified individual to be Superman, the physique, the mannerisms, all of it. Yes, I know he's the Witcher as well, and he does a fantastic job in that role. But can't you do both? I mean, come on. You can have both ends of the spectrum really wickedly evil or really wickedly soapbox preachy schoolboy. I mean, it's there. I get it. But come on. There shouldn't have been question. There shouldn't have been doubt, and I'm over overly excited about to, to hear that Cavill is going to be back so the, the whole hang up I'm sure all like rotated around Snyderverse and will this how this this or that and then of course the question questions are kind of lingering out there is is Black Adam going to be any good now sources I'm getting a lot of different feedback the critics not not digging it The fans, the ones that I have spoken to, are on the majority of This Is Spectacular. I don't know if it rivals the feedback that I received from Wonder Woman but um, when Wonder Woman premiered, but it's in there. There are, I think, enough moments that fans get the service out of it in addition to new people coming in and the diehard fans of Black Adam, which I am one of them. I've always thought Black Adam was an amazing character that was heavily underused and to see him emerge finally in uh, a venue that works is great and the fact that the rock has been working on this project or questing for this for 15 years or something ridiculous like that the man's got devotion so to see this finally up on the big screen is going to be probably one of the first things i do this weekend when it premieres so yes finally Now, all of the other questions that are now coming out are, will we see um, Flash? Ezra Miller has got some issues out there, and I think that's still getting worked on. So, mm, probably not. I still think Grant from the Flash series would be better suited to carry on the rest of that story. I also wonder about Batgirl being shelved and permanently uh, mothballed, if that also kind of plays into what happened with Cowell coming back, that DC's realizing we've got nothing, we've got to do something, we need to bring a character back, I don't know where they're at with Affleck, and the whole Joker story with Joaquin and Lady Gaga is not part of the continuity so what does dc really have i think this is a smart move bring cavill in let him be the poster boy for a i wouldn't say failing but definitely rocky dc universe movie franchises and kind of you know let him crusade for it let him let him champion it for a while because i think between him and the rock oh that is that is going to be amazing because all of this kind of stems from a uh uh, conversation kind of a i don't know i don't know if it was uh, it's interesting because you don't know what to take from it um because the rock has um teased that there are air quote plans for superman um And this is the quote that has kind of been floating out there. We really want to craft a long form of storytelling and show these two characters exist in the same universe and are going to have to deal with each other often, either on the same or opposite sides. Hopefully they're going to clash at some point, but it's not about one fight situation. This has never been our dream. So while they have kind of alluded to this and are giving us hints that maybe or maybe not we will or won't see Black Adam at uh, Superman's throat remains to be seen. We know the Superman... Uh, post-credit scene of him showing up in Shazam, which was cool, and of course, everyone claimed that was, you know, contractual obligations to the studio and blah, 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 blah. Well, as you can see, the contract evidently got extended, and we'll see more of him. I want to see the two of these fight, and I know I'm not the only nerd out there that is anxious and eager to see these two go at it. Why, why, Why wouldn't they? I mean give the fans what they want. We had a lame kind of fight between Batman and Superman where all of us were like, mm, and then we have doomsday bubbling in the background. So why can't we have a, a black Adam Superman fight? You tell me. So what else? Where are we? Um, current events, current TV. What happened? well, We've got the exiting of Jodie Whittaker from Doctor Who. Now, Chris Chimnall, who everybody knows my my personal opinion on, and I will not budge on that opinion whatsoever, because the man can't write to save his life. However, the power of the Doctor, albeit kind of strange and very reminiscent of a um, Highlander film kind of tidied things up and brought to end a few kind of dangling ends of story that needed to be handled because I'm sure if he didn't handle them Russell T Davies when he came in surely would have and probably not the fashion that Chimnall would have preferred now to our special which did a lot of fan service it was fun it was very doctor-esque in some of the previous stories that we had seen through Whitaker's run as the doctor, did I like it? It's a great question. I'm glad you asked that. Yes, I found it pleasant. I I I and maybe it was just because I knew she's on the way out. This is it. This is her swan song. And I don't I don't have to care how this ends because it it, it it's its final conclusion. Good, bad, indifferent. However, Chimnel wants to wrap this up and serve it to the the fans that he's let down is entirely up to him. I'm going to bet a lot of people tuned in for this for multiple reasons. One, it's a regeneration. A lot of the fans come out of the woodwork just to see how the the Doctor changes and and ends. What are the final words? What is the the, the feeling and the stage? How is it set? all the 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 out there have had lengthy arguments about regenerations so i knew that was going to come no matter what the end of whitaker's run which you know she she suffered from writing more than any of the other doctors to date and i think she had huge potential unfortunately again Chimno let her and the fans down so to have her bow out as as well as she could it's in it's it's fine. She's already gone on the record saying that she would love to come back and make appearances and to do all of that. Well, of course, because she she got gypped. She got. I mean, the experience got robbed from her. I mean, come on. She didn't have nearly anything like Matt Smith or or Tennant or even Eccleson. Eccleson had way more compelling and intriguing stories and character development than, than Jodie did. So we had, like, forced emotions that we, we never even saw things build up or anything like that. It was just kind of forced into the character, and we never saw anything kind of develop for her as it was, you know, spastic energy just kind of tossed in there with some kind of preachy story so was the regeneration worthy of a viewing um sure i i think the final words were were optimistic and the the final messages of hope and tag your you're it so the 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 baton has been passed and everything is good to go we got to see a lot of former companions and there are a few that I was even kind of curious if we would see because we knew going in who were going to make appearances there were some nice surprises and I'm not gonna no spoilers um to see those other companions make appearances there were a couple that I was like I don't even think you're on the planet now but okay that's fine I'll take it and there's some that are on the planet that uh weren't there and I was kind of Questioning, you know, how they could work it in, and and maybe we will see something moving forward. Who knows what Russell T Davies has in mind for the Doctor? But to to have that moment with all of the companions was kind of cool. To see Tegan and Ace doing, you know, their their part in the story was was enjoyable. Again, uh, the master, the master is um, by far the big scene stealer I mean the whole interaction and that character is just wow Sasha Dewan does a masterful (laughs) job of just bringing out these, these swings in character and energy and anger and just plays one of the most Compelling forms of the master that we have seen yet, where he is basically completely off his rocker insane. Like, absolutely, without a doubt, nuts, but methodical and well thought, and just he's anxious for the doctor to catch up. And to see that whole interaction between him and Whitaker again is, it's fun. And I really liked that whole interaction and them going back and forth and just what's the plan and the doctor trying to catch up and everything that went into it was was great we do get um you know a couple of other characters that popped up that we've seen through the season we also get joe martin back that uh was kind of fun to see that was kind of really the only reference to um the 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 lost child and we We don't know how that will end. We don't know if it will end or if it's just going to be something that kind of gets thrown into Doctor Who lore or how that will um, play itself out. But all in all, it it went well. Now, no spoilers about the episode. However, this may or may not be a spoiler if you haven't watched it yet. So if you haven't watched it, give me about a minute and – we uh then come back on. Or, you know, turn the volume back up. Because as of course we get the regeneration, who is the new doctor? That is the big question. And it is none other none other than legend and probably fan favorite over almost every doctor, uh David Tennant. He's he's back. He's he's in a new suit. It's a snazzy suit and the whole scene of that is priceless. It is it is absolutely amazing and it really yeah, holy holy moly. I'm just it raises a lot of questions. And I have a theory on how it was achieved if they're going to try and actually explain this somehow. But I think with the forced degeneration that we saw, somehow this plays into that Story or what happened, and somehow he was able to degenerate into a former self. Or, if you remember uh, Day of the Doctor, there is a moment where it is said you find yourself visiting um, some faces, um, but, you know, just the old favorites. So there are some different clues that are hanging out there. How they decide to explain this is, is going to be a huge mystery. And, of course, no one is talking, and as they should, keep it under wraps because why ruin it? Uh, I, I think it's it's fantastic. It really is. And it does bring kind of this fun element back to Doctor Who, which I think has been sorely missed during the last few years. So it's a real kind of, yeah, I'm digging it. And I know I would probably be one of the first ones to kind of throw stones and, you know, say, no, this isn't right. But really, this is an unprecedented moment and no one has ever come back to reprise the role. Everyone has just kind of like bowed out. Thank you very much. And whether that be their call or the studio or whoever decided above that, you know, it's time to move on with other doctors is has been the thing. But now, with everyone kind of coming back, the team that made Doctor Who a hit and built it up to this juggernaut of science fiction back in the early aughts has now returned. So even Donna Noble will somehow reappear, and uh, I'm excited to see how they do it. Now, when Tenet, because <laughs> he, like everyone else, is a huge Doctor Who fan is, that's involved with this, uh, he revealed... Uh, and this is his quote: "Worried it would uh, be difficult to get into the groove again, but has been straightforward. Uh, we've managed to keep the essence of the show, and the world now has a very exciting moment to look forward to." Doctor Who has a wonderful time in my life, and it runs through me like a stick of like a stick of rock. So to be. Part of the show, go on that journey and return to it. When I thought it was a memory, has been an absolute present. Um, so, to be fair, everyone kind of knew who David Tennant was. Did it put him on the map? Did it make him more recognizable? Um, probably. I mean, let's face it: Doctor Who changes all of the actors' lives for the rest of their lives. And you're either loved, you're hated, you're someone's first doctor, or you're the doctor that did the one profound thing that stood out to you. There's there's plenty. There's there's millions of stories out there like this. And I know Tenet is is not loved by all. A, a lot of people. Eccleston is their their doctor simply because he's the one that came back. Matt Smith, I know for a fact, is a, a few other people's favorite doctor. And got them into it when the other actors couldn't peter capaldi gets you know kind of underrated as the uh i think because his his run as the doctor is is different and you know something unique so everyone brings something different to the table now how does that all relate and how does that all break down is going to be a very excellent question and we won't get an answer for that until november of 2023 as uh that will be the next time doctor who premieres so Literally a year away So is that them filming the new season Because we already know that they've done a few uh, Takes And sit downs and we've seen screenshots Of Tenet with Wilf and with Donna And there's rumors of other People Former Doctor Who companions and everything else Working in there in addition to Neil Patrick Harris who we get front View and center of The trailer with Tenet So Good time to be a Doctor Who fan? Hmm, probably. But you you get to, you know, cool your heels for a while. Or, if you like, Disney Plus will also be carrying Doctor Who now. And at some point in 2023, you'll be able to sit down and watch all of the episodes on Disney Plus. And I think it's, I thought it was on HBO, but Max, but now I'm going to have to look because I thought I saw it in there, but not for Disney Plus to get it, and obviously a huge platform to to spread and make many, many more Doctor Who fans. All right, and now the final kind of uh, thing catching my eye: my take on uh, a show that I talked about months ago when it was leaked on what it was going to be, and the the mystery around it got to sit down and watch it thoroughly enjoyed it and holy crap this this was yay and of course i'm talking about werewolf by night which is available right now on disney plus this okay so when i had seen the trailer and everything else about this and it was in black and white and i know i went on the record and i said that i hope they keep it in black and white that i think that it would do it Better justice as a black and white show or series or whatever they were doing uh, would would impact it greatly. And I was right. This thing is awesome. So my original thought, and this was my huge takeaway classic universal monster horror feel to it with a simple yet key storytelling element the room the, the room of unknown killers with victims helps to further the mystery and the and grow the story past expected boundaries um the the whole like who done it it had like this feeling of clue as all of these different characters no idea who they are you can kind of extra- extrapolate um just based on the characters and and the descriptions and you can kind of think of who they are uh elsa who i'm not like overly familiar with elsa bloodstone but uh enough that i i kind of know her her backstory and all of that and the the whole story and the bloodstone being passed forward to, you know, it's it's whoever's worthy to to hold it. The other side to this, um the werewolf of course, the werewolf by night. We don't really get a classical werewolf story, and I think that's what I liked about it the most, that there were some opportunities for them to fall into these traps, these these story traps that you know are are out there and they didn't take the easy road is it predictable yeah kind of I mean you kind of know where it's going there's no there's no real true surprises but there are some fun moments there are some good storytelling elements that you kind of like okay I get this now the one thing about the werewolf that Bothered me, but I I understand what happened. And that's the, the transformation scene. And as, of course, I'm hoping for, you know, uh, American Werewolf in London style transformation, they kind of went with this classic and stayed in the, the feel of using, you know, shadows and different camera angles to go about doing the transformation. They never really give us kind of this head-on transformation. We get like, kind of like the hands and the clothes. But what really works for this transformation and and how they build it is the reactions. Elsa seeing this horrific transformation in front of her is curled up, you know, into like a small ball hoping and fearing of what is going to happen next. And to see that kind of reaction Alfred Hitchcockian as it is, works tremendously well. And again, playing with the shadows and the camera angles lends to the mind's eye just running rampant. I mean, Alfred Hitchcock always said, it's your mind that creates the worst kind of horrors versus what you see. And this does set that pace. This does set that image. So the transformation in everything is, is fun. And it really lends itself to... A classic Universal Monsters film. And it is short. It's only about, I think, I don't even think it's an hour. If. Maybe just under an hour. And it's, they don't waste any time. There's no dialogue waste. There's no plot line that's not explored. And there's some fun kind of revelations and some fan service to old school horror comics. The best is, well, I'll get to the best in a moment. As we see these characters develop and unfold in front of us with the 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 classic feel and they do keep it in the black and white and i think that also lends to the horror side of it you can't see everything in color and it isn't until the end that all of a sudden everything becomes normal it becomes you know what we see and even the build up of you know the marvels on the in the daylight versus you know the darker side they paint this beautiful picture of what it's like to be on the darker side in the Marvel Universe, and I think that we'll be exploring this more and more as we see Doctor Strange kind of expand the mystic side of it. I did like the fact that this was just an hour, and I think this also lends kind of an example of what we can expect to see for the Guardians of the Galaxy Christmas special that'll be coming up in December. The best part, and for me... I never thought I would see again is Man Thing. Ted. <laughs> I am a huge Man Thing fan. I have always loved the character and you will burn at the the the, the touch of the Man Thing if you fear him. If you have fear in your heart, you will you will ignite into flames. That's Man Thing's powers. And to see the the character so perfectly personified in the movement and just all of it, the interactions between um, Man Thing and everybody else is so well done. The even like the relationship you get this, and it is it's quick in the sense of how the movie is moving but jack russell who is the werewolf and his interaction with man thing ted is it's very kind of like heartfelt there are some very wonderful moments that we see and it does paint you know the the contrast of horror very well very complete in how they approach this and give you kind of the feel of you know air quotes monsters that are out there and it is it is really well done and even the reaction that we get from Elsa as she finally witnesses man thing is is very how i would expect it to to be how i if you were to bring this to life from the comic it is it is exactly how i depicted it so even even the the over the top kind of introduction with all of the characters and going into the maze to fight a monster of which you have you've never seen the likes of the build-up the the momentum that is carried from this is absolutely spectacular i i i couldn't i couldn't be happier about this i i mean the the the, the vehicle of how we got here is is unknown to me and i'm i'm hoping praying that this continues going forward that we do see more of this and then then not i'm curious to see how you know everything works out on the financial side and i'm happy to know that man thing is not going to you know crash and burn as you know this unliked mcu film from back in the day that was just you know a, a, a obscure horror slasher in you know 2005 that was just ah, uh, it was it was it was horrible so to to get um away from that and to see uh you know everything kind of move around as it did i think it's i think it's great it's um yeah we'll see we'll we'll see we'll see and I hope we get more Man-Thing. I, I'm particularly fond of the character if you couldn't figure it out. So, you know, there you go. And like I said, maybe this is, you know, um, kind of a hint of what we will see when it comes down to Guardians of the Galaxy for the Christmas special that, you know, is, is up next uh, before, uh, I think, anything else for Marvel on the streaming side. So, I'm... <sighs> It, it it bodes well. It it watches well. And if you haven't watched it, please please do. I think it's fun. There's a lot of great comic book horror feel to it. And by far, I think I think this is probably yeah. It's it's in the top three for me right now for Marvel streaming projects. Just because it's it's either been really hit or really miss on the Marvel side of that and. To see this, it's extremely, extremely encouraging. So, yeah, go check it out. Uh, And that, that about does it. I don't know what I got coming up yet next uh, we still have two interviews left to post from the Colorado Festival of Horror in addition to I will be making an appearance at Rocky Mountain Con Red will be with me for that in two weeks it's the first weekend in November so come and say hi give a little visit see what's going on with Little Boo and uh, you know who and uh, even if you just want to hang out chat and get caught up we're all for that after that there's a lot more con's still on the plate for me i'm going to think until december with my final convention being uh, nintendo that's right i will be attending a nintendo event in la so uh, the the very exciting times for 5280 geek hopefully you guys are enjoying this we'll try and keep up to date with everything that's going on give us a like give us a share tell all your friends about the dirty little secrets that we are. We appreciate it. We love you all. But in the meantime, run fast, laugh hard, and always be kind. Good night.